This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, the founder of Innovative CX Solutions, a past chairperson of the CXPA, and a practitioner with many years of transforming global operations and designing better customer experiences. Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hello and welcome to another episode of the All Things Considered CX podcast. I'm Bob Asman, your host, and happy to have you back joining us for another episode where we explore the whole world of experience management. We've had some great conversations recently, and I know we have another one coming up today as my guest is Mark Slayton. Mark, welcome to the All Things Considered CX podcast, and if you would, introduce yourself to our listeners. Thank you, Bob. First, it's uh, an honor and a privilege to be on your show. Uh, I'm Mark Slayton. I am the CEO and founder of Empowered CX, and uh, it's an independent consulting firm. Um, my my hope is to um, help companies that are interested in delighting their customers on a path to helping them grow, customer driven growth. Um, and uh, I've been I've been doing this for uh, the last few months, but I had been an independent consultant for six years prior to um, a time I spent over the last nine years at a bank in the Mid-Atlantic. So I guess we'll talk some more about that. I currently also serve as one of the directors on the board of the Customer Experience Professionals Association um, and um, happy to do that. I know you have some history there and uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm so excited to talk to you today. Well, thanks, Mark. Yes, I, I do have a little history with the CXPA, <laughs> and I'll put in a plug that we just completed and, and released three conversations with the CXPA board, the regional council leadership, and the initiatives leaders, and uh, be sure and check those out because um, they're really, uh, really interesting to hear what's happening at the CXPA and all the things you and the, and the other members of the board and the, and the um, staff are doing to globalize and really advance the profession. So we appreciate that. So Mark, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, I say this to many of my guests and that is, you know, I don't know that anybody wakes up when they're, uh, I don't know, in high school or college and says, I want to be a customer experience professional. And so Tell us a little bit about your career journey, your path, where, what happened? How did you get to where you are today? Well, thanks. I, I guess uh, if I start way back uh, when I was in college at the University of Maryland, I worked for a company called the Southwestern Company, and we sold books door to door, sold educational books, uh, the Webster Student Handbook said it was called in uh, all three summers in Am- Amarillo, Texas, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and Atlanta, Georgia, and the suburbs there. And um, I really didn't know any better. Uh, I was just having fun and, and doing something that I thought would help me at some point land the job when I finished college. And in fact, it did uh, help me end up in the world of sales. And I worked for 
a couple of Fortune 500 companies, one called Standard Register, which is a, a printing and, and label company, and then another one called Boise Cascade Corporation. Um, and I worked in the office products division and sales and later sales management. So that was 23 years. And at some point I thought, you know, I think I, I might be able to help some other companies uh, with revenue growth and with sales organizational um, sales organizational development. And at that point, Salesforce had just come out. So I was helping with CRM programs and I was helping small to medium sized companies uh, do that. One of the companies, one of the uh, companies that I was helping at that time was a bank in the mid Atlantic and worked there, worked as one of our clients for several years. And at some point, the president and CEO said, I'd like to hire an internal resource to help us with this thing that they're now calling customer experience. Um, and it was really at the early stages, I think uh, CXPA started, you probably know better than me, Bob, 2011, 2012, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think we just celebrated 10 years. 10 years. So, yep. yeah. So it was, it was in 2012 when I, st- when I first started uh, paying attention to CXPA and the thought leaders uh, of CXPA and in 2013 started with a bank and I was thinking, well, uh, you know, this will be a fun place to hang out for a few years. Um, nine years later, uh, I was still there. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I think part of it was, you know, when I was in sales, you're acutely aware of how important it is to serve customers. Um, and those that really do a good job and treat their customers well, get loyalty back from, from customers. And I noticed that as a manager, that the customers, the, the salespeople that had the most success that were doing it for decades, um, these are the people that were like invited to their customer's wedding, you know, godparents for their, for their customers, kids. Um, they, they had this uh, ability to build trust and to deepen relationships with clients. And when, when I started to learn more about uh, CX and what it meant, it was really kind of looking at s- sales and that relationship, but more from a macro standpoint. How do you do it organizationally? Um, how do you, why, why doesn't it happen more often? Those of us that are consumers, whether you're, you're, you're buying a, um, a pen or, or you're buying a car or you're buying a house, um, you experience less than great experiences uh, interpersonally. And, and so for me as a curious person, as someone who's a, been a learner, I love to learn and, and teach, um, I was curious as to like what made that happen and why, why were some companies so good at doing it and others not so much. And that's how I entered into the world of, of customer experience. I, that, that, that's a long-winded way of answering your question. So it's, it's interesting to me, Mark, a couple of things that you mentioned and your background in sales. And what we're experiencing right now, at least from my viewpoint, is kind of a you know, a, a graying of the, the differences between customer experience and customer success. And, and what are your thoughts around that? With, especially with your knowledge of sales, uh, what's happening in customer success? What's happening in customer experience? Kind of, are those two crossing over? Are we, are we um, confusing the two? Any thoughts along those lines? 
Well, to to be fair, I'll I'll explain what what I think I know about it because I haven't been in the customer success world. But what I have noticed being on the other side as a CX leader in an organization, um, people who were serving me called customer success managers. I, I have found that term to be used very broadly. Um, and, and mean a lot of different things and include different job descriptions. What, what I think the intention there is there's, a, there's an acknowledgement that um, at different touch points of the customer's experience, uh, in whether it's client on, customer onboarding or uh, post onboarding or somewhere down the road, there, there have been, there's, there's an obvious need for someone to kind of keep that glue. Uh, between the experience and the brand that is serving. And because there's places where it can fall down if there's not someone sort of overseeing that experience. I think that's what it is. I've also seen the term used just as someone who's really just an account manager. Um, So I, I, you know, I don't know, I I would say, you know, CX, that's a component of CX. And it's, it's a, a potentially if used the right way, it's a great way to help ensure that the customer's experience is going well. Um, but to me, to me, that would be one spoke in the wheel because CX, you're really looking at a much broader view of how everything works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember a few years ago, a, a big software company who shall remain nameless changed all of their salespeople's titles to customer experience managers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet they were still salespeople. So it's always intriguing to me that overlap. And, and another thing you mentioned is the, the, why do some companies do this so well? And why do some companies do ex- experience poorly? What are your thoughts on that? Why is, is there a silver bullet? Is it, what is it? Why are some companies able to do it and other companies just struggle for years trying to deliver their experience? Well, it's a really loaded question. <laughs> um, and I think there's, you know, there's a lot of potential answers. Um, so these, this is why those of us in the CX world have frameworks that we operate of, out of that include things like comp- CX competencies, you know, and you and those that are number one, intentional and committed to it are really aspiring to move toward this, this aspirational level or optimize CX um, that, that cuts across um, everything from the way that CX governance is done, how you move projects through and what priority they take, how you listen to customers, how you um, ensure that there's a culture of accountability and leadership around CX, um, how you manage customers as assets of the organization and, and measure those and, and how you build in reliability into the experience. Those are all things that, um, that smaller companies um, can do just by walking down the hall, right? Mm-hmm. When you're small enough, you, you have uh, exposure and control over all those things. But as you scale um, and you add people, you have to begin to then specialize in different areas of the, of the organization functionally. And therefore you start falling into silos um, because each, each little functional area has its own goals and objectives and uh, they're natural silos. Nobody meant them for harm, but um, you start, you can easily see how you can lose sight of the customer's journey as, as they interact through the different touch points of their organization. So 
um, that's kind of a high level of number one, it needs, it needs leadership support. It needs leadership commitment. Leaders, leaders need to be role models for it. It also needs um, an understanding of what you're measuring, how you're measuring success. It, it involves, you know, CX being a key strategy. If not, Fred Reichel just wrote a book called Winning on Purpose. And in his book, he talked about CX should be the key strategy above and beyond all the others. They should all center around, around enriching the lives of customers um, so that you can become what he calls a customer loved brand. And, and I agree with that. I think that, um, that there's a lot involved in making that happen. And, uh, and that's, that's why, you know, some companies used to be that way. And as they grew, they were no longer consistent in delivering outstanding experience to their customers because of the phenomenon that just happens naturally. And sometimes it's those other things I talked about that had to do with leadership involvement, commitment, you know, walking the talk, um, measuring the things that tie back to how well do we do for our, our customers? So that, that's, those are some of my thoughts on that. So, so Mark, uh, great thoughts. The, it's interesting. I had a recent guest on the podcast. We were talking about the ingredients for success in, ex, in improving experience management. And the first thing he said was um, uh, uh, CEOs that are all in, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but, but that's basically what he said was having a CEO that's all in. And I know, and I mentioned this in the session with that individual that um I know there are listeners sitting there going, look, I just can't get the CEO's attention. He or she is too busy with running the company or, you know, delivering against quarterly results. I just can't get the attention. And so do I just, do I quit? Do I give up? Do I, you know, just forge ahead and do the best I can without that involvement? What are your thoughts there? Because it is about leadership as you suggested, but oftentimes that, isn't there from a supporting standpoint for CX professionals? Yeah, that, that is a really, really good question, uh, Bob. What, what should you do if you're a CX leader or someone who is involved in responsibilities for CX within the organization and you don't, have the, you don't believe you have the CEs, uh, CEO's support? Um, that is a great one. I, I hope I would hope that um, there was some way to engage and have a relationship and get an understanding with that CEO or someone close to that person, um, so that you can understand better about what drives that person and where they stand. Because it is about engaging leadership and um, in, in your journey. Because. Um, the the way that I've come to understand our job, and don't don't ask me to explain what what I do. I would need like three beers uh, <laughs> to explain it. I always get stumble on that because it's it's not there's no soundbite for what we do, right? Right. Um, but what it but what it is um, really operationally is it's cultural transformation, and you can't just view it as improving an NPS score or um, adding a new metric or you know, improving one customer journey. Um, it, it's, it's really about transforming the culture of the organization through some of the, the competencies I talked about, at least that's, that's the aspirational goal. And that means change and change management and people don't like change. So we, we are often the bad guys 
because we're stirring things up. Remember before I talked about, you know, breaking down the silos that exist. Well, in order to do that, you know, there's tension there because people have their silo or departmental or functional area goals. And we're saying timeout. We want you to look at everything from the customer's lens. Right. And, and to do that, sometimes there's, there's going to be a natural tension between what they're used to going after, what their goals are, what their daily objectives are and the bigger picture. And, you know, so that's why, that's why for me, um, I, I would, I would try to do everything I could to engage leadership and work your way toward that CEO, understand what's most important. If you, it, you know, I wrote an, a, a, a blog recently about speaking their language, the universal language of, of the C-suite is financial metrics in particular ROI. Um, it may be that um, it may be that you have a CEO who really um, doesn't see that the juice is worth the squeeze. And that would be part of your job to try to, to do that. So, um, you know, short of that, short of that. Um, yeah. It would be a personal, very personal decision. I mean, you have, you really have to exhaust the fact that is it that your CEO doesn't believe in it, isn't committed to it, or just doesn't really understand the why and, and what, what you're trying to accomplish and why, um, and they just haven't been made aware of it yet. So those are all, those are all factors, but, um, it, it would be a personal decision as to which direction you go career-wise, because I know people who have in our profession who have, um, left the organization because they don't feel the support, uh, from the top. And I do believe it's really important to have some cover, when you're, you're ruffling the feathers, as I described earlier, to make the change necessary in, in what's really cultural transformation. It's, it, 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 those are the difficult decisions. I guess that's why for, for a while we said that CX professionals only last in their job 18 to 24 months, and maybe they just get tired of beating their head against the wall about trying to convince CEOs that, um, that this is important. I remember Oracle did a study uh, it's it's probably nine or ten years old, but they said they interviewed CEOs and ninety five percent over ninety five percent wanted to uh, have CX as a priority in their organization, but less than half had a program to do that. And so it's like your you know your actions are speaking so loud I can't hear the words you're saying uh, kind of approach. So Mark, uh, where are we at in customer experience right now? I I love to gather various perspectives because of supply chain and now the economy and all the turmoil within the economy and uh, the pandemic uh, where from where you sit in your, your readings and writings and so forth. What's the state of CX right now? It's a really great question. Um, from what, from what I am, I, I am taking is that there are some organizations who who get it, um, and really that's driven by the, the leaders themselves, wherever they came from, wherever they're moving from organization to organization, if they believe it, and I think about, you know, people like uh, Bezos um, and Amazon who just, who got it, 
you know, um, and there are those people out there and they've come up and they come from different, you know, places, whether it's technology, healthcare, where, however they, however they come up in their organizations to lead, um, if they've, they get it, you know, it's kind of in their blood, in their DNA, that they understand that at the end of the day, you know, it's not going to be price. It's not my, pro- my product in rare cases. Will it be the product's going to be differentiated? It, it's, it's going to be on the way that we deliver the service to clients and the way and, and the, the amount of loyalty we can earn from those clients to drive our growth. Um, and so what I'm seeing is right now I'm working on um, two, two things. One is a subcommittee on higher education for CXPA. And um, I'm sure many of your listeners would know uh, a recent huge, huge victory in my, my book, uh, Michigan State University, where Tom DeWitt um, you know, worked really hard to get approval for a master's of science in customer experience management. Those are the kinds of things that we are hoping, we are hoping will uh, spread to other um, institutions of higher education, higher, higher learning around the country. Um, it, there is a huge interest. We're working with uh, uh, one of our, our training, our uh, recognized training providers, CX Academy is in Ireland, and they have like spread their online training throughout Asia, um, in Africa, um, and all through Europe. And everywhere they go, there's this huge thirst for it in other parts of the country, uh, other parts of the world, I should say, um, because there's a recognition that there, there's a need there um, to, to drive customer. I, I, I don't know the, all I can tell you is the growth outside of the U S is, is much faster than it is within the U S. Um, and, and yet it doesn't mean at all that it's, it's not a thing here. I think it's, I think it is, I don't know. I can't give you the percentages, but I, my, my personal anecdotal experience is there are those that get it. And I think those are going to be the winners um, in the marketplace, those that really get it or committed to it and do the things we talked about earlier. And, you know, the, the most recent study, um, that Reichel did in, in his book, um, it compared the good to great companies 10 years after, uh, he published his book and, and measured those against traditional financial metrics like profit, um, that Collins used to measure the good to great companies and compared those to those companies that scored high on NPS. And as you might imagine, um, it wasn't even close. Those companies that were considered customer loved uh, outperformed, uh, I think it was something like five to one, uh, those companies that were good to great companies. Um, And it's really a new flock of companies that are a part of that contingent that are considered you know, customer love that have just been done incredibly well. So the evidence that is there to show that uh, if that is the commitment of of leadership and and those companies willing to make the sacrifices it takes to be committed long-term to the customer and really, and really mean it, um, they have a competitive advantage. It's easy to get distracted. And and I will sell you, I don't know if you're going to go there, but in where you see an economic downturn, like we did in 2007, 2008, some organizations pulled back, pulled back on 
the very things that, you know, you need to do to differentiate. And clearly customer experience is one of those things. There's uh, a huge opportunity right now for those people willing to give more attention, not less, um, given, given people's worries, people's anxiety, people's expectations growing um, post-COVID as COVID, you know, winds down, let's hope, um, it, that the expectations are going back up. People are frustrated with inflation and companies are having things like supply chain issues, still having trouble, some of them hiring people they need. Um, and that creates, you know, some, some not so great customer experiences. And I think we've all felt it personally. And that is a huge opportunity for those, those in the CX world to double down and say, you know what, we're not giving up on anything that's going to support our customers having a great experience with us. You know, that's, that's quite interesting when you, when you reference back to 07 and 08. Uh, at the time, I was working at Thomson Reuters, and I remember distinctly being in a leadership meeting and the CEO saying, yeah, it's going to be really tough for a couple of years, but I'll tell you what we're not going to do. We're not going to pull back in support of our customers because when we come out of this and we know we will, our customer, we want our customers to say Thompson Reuters were with us in the good times and we're with us in the bad times and we're sticking with them. And he was uh, clearly, he was a visionary, but, but he was so spot on that we just stuck by our customers. You know, if they couldn't pay their bills, we worked with them and, and when we came out the other side, the loyalty, they, they told stories for years after that about how Thompson Reuters helped them through a very difficult time in, their, in, in the economy and with their uh, firms and so forth. So it, it really does make sense. But, but that being said, with the pandemic, we saw experience to be customer experience professionals to be laid off in droves, almost like it was a travel expense. And so I'm fearful the same thing might happen. I'm hopeful in your thoughts that it won't and that companies will see it's so important to keep them uh, and, and to drive experience home during difficult times as well as good times. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I, I must also put a plug in. Uh, our podcast is sponsored in part by CXFM Radio, which is part of uh, Tom DeWitt's Michigan State University Customer Experience Initiative. So, uh, we are elated too that we'll see that uh, MS and customer experience coming to fruition here soon. So all that being said, Mark, uh, we know where we're at and you've given some insight on where we're going. What are some things you're working on or or noodling around as you uh, either work with clients or uh, share some of your blogs or articles? What are some things top of mind for you in the experience management world? Well, I mentioned, yeah, I mentioned higher education um, being really important because I think uh, we need to have more programs and, and CX needs to be recognized as a department, just like finance, audit, marketing, you name it in an organization. And until, until that is the case, and, you know, Tom's, Tom's uh, work at Michigan State uh, is, is a great step in that direction, but we certainly need more of that. Um, and until until we do, we've got plenty of work to do there. And and I'm working on that higher education subcommittee to try and move that move that ball. Um, so we're looking at things like continuing education programs as well as higher education learning. 
um, and and seeing how we can leverage our our recognized training partners to uh, to make it accessible. One of the things we're talking about um, right now, Bob, and it's not solidified yet, but to right now we have the CCXP, which you know is a, a certified customer experience professional, and uh, and we're we're discussing the possibility of giving some folks an opportunity to have a um, and more of an uh, entry or earlier stage in their career designation um, so that they don't have to have the three years minimum and all the experience leading sort of that catch 22 leading ICX journey. They could, um, you know, take, take some, take, do some learning and get, get it, get something early on in their career that there would be a different designation. So the, those things are, there's a cry for that. And um mm-hmm. And some private organizations have it, but is that something that a CCX or the CXPA could could get behind? Mm-hmm. Um, I also I also am doing some work uh, with the regional office in the UK. Um, you, you you alluded to the fact that we're we're trying CXPA is trying to expand around the globe and doing it through a regional approach. Um, one of the benefits of COVID is we can connect with each other. Uh, through Zoom, good or bad, whether you got Zoom fatigue or not, um, it does give us an op- opportunity to connect in ways that we haven't before. So if you've got people who live, when we have people who live in, you know, France and, and, um, and, and England and Scotland and uh, even, even uh, parts of um, Northern Africa that are on the same call, um, and we can, we can break this down into regions and start to connect in ways we never did before. Um, and, and what we, you know, what we're learning is different, different regions of the world have different maturity, um, when it comes to their CX as a country or as a, as an area. So, uh, each one needs to be treated uniquely. And, uh, and so that's part of the work that we're, we're doing as far as CX is concerned. Um, for me, um, I, I am also going to be starting a podcast uh, because I believe, you know, the thought leadership, I mean, there's just not enough of it. And I believe there is a great opportunity to, to share, uh, bring in different voices, uh, both within the industry um, and outside of the industry who could help us learn and grow. And those of us who, um, who, are, who are just interested in being CX pros and learning more. Um, so that, that's one thing I'm, I'm going to be working on. Those are, those are great things to be working on, Mark. I, I uh, share a quick story with you when you're talking about higher education and the commitment to that is just, it's really phenomenal that, that we're working in towards that. Um, uh, Rutgers University, I, I do a lot of uh, executive education at Rutgers. And about a year or so ago, um, I teach in a business essentials course. And uh, mostly it was supply chain. Uh, and then I also teach in the customer centricity program, but there's an engineering program there. And I convinced Rutgers and made a proposal that they should incorporate a customer experience module uh, in their business essentials for uh, engineers. And it has been fascinating. It's probably been the most dynamic and uh, interesting discussions with groups of engineers from across the world coming together that really hadn't thought about customer experience or their role in customer experience. 
you know, oftentimes the first thing they say is, Hey, I'm not involved in customer experience. I'm, I'm a developer or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm creating products. I, I just don't talk, touch the customer. It's kind of that mantra of if I don't touch the customer, I'm not involved in it mm-hmm. and seeing the light go off and, and seeing them get so into it. In fact, they are, when we do office hours, the office hours are full. I mean, everybody attends them and, and they ask such great um, questions about customer experience and strategy and design. It's really been kind of sent the message home to me that just because you don't touch a customer directly doesn't mean you're not part of the experience and the work we need to do to convince all functions in in an organization of the importance that they play in delivering that experience. And good, and good for you for, for thinking about that and bringing that up to them. And I guess their open openness to the discussion. I'm thinking right now, all the digital transformation that's happening in in organizations. And, um, and I think sometimes, you know, it's the technology in search of a strategy instead of, (laughs) you know, instead of (laughs) starting with the customer and saying, how do we build this solution around the customer experience? Um, and, and to your point, you know, there's, there's people really, really well-intentioned, really, really bright people who are design, great designers. Um, but what are we designing for? Like, what is the target? Is the target to make it faster, cheaper, um, or, or is the, or is the tar- or just to collect more information or is the target really to say, how can we improve the experience for our clients? So we'll drive their loyalty to us and, uh, what you bring up to this different, uh, audience of people in the engineering world is great because I think you're right. I think we, you know, we got to, we've, a part of our job is to, is to educate people, you know, all through an organization, wherever they sit. You know, I, I just love sharing these stories with you. Um, uh, this is probably a year or two ago. I wrote a, I wrote a blog about um, when it comes to technology, are you putting the cart before the horse because I had been so frequently I, I encountered either in organizations that I worked for or consulted with where they'd say, well, you know, we just bought a CRM or we just bought this technology and we bought it to improve our customer experience. And the simple question is, so what's your customer experience strategy? And you get these blank stares, like, what do you mean? The technology is going to take care of it. It's like, no, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. we have to, so your point about, uh, uh, the digital transformation is spot on, Mark, that we better have a strategy in place for knowing why we're doing this rather than just doing it because it's the thing to do right now. It, it is, and it's happening. It doesn't really matter what industry you're in. It's it's a thing. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Mark, this has been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed uh, getting to know you better, having worked with you in the past, but getting to know you better, getting your perspectives. Mark, if people want to learn more about you and the work you're doing, how is it best to connect with you? Um, Just thanks for asking. Just go to my website, empoweredcx.com. And uh, all my contact information's there and where you can reach me at Mark Slayton on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Thanks, Mark, for your time and your willingness to join us on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. This has been another episode of the All Things Considered CX podcast. I'm your host, Bob Osmond. As always, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your networks. Keep in mind that we have lots of great guests coming up 
uh, as well. We are part of the CXFM radio network where there are lots of other interesting podcasters sharing their knowledge of experience management. And this podcast is now also available on YouTube. Thanks until we speak again. Uh, This is Bob Asman. Thanks for listening to this episode of All Things Considered CX. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues. Subscribe to our show, follow me on LinkedIn, and visit my website at InnovativeCX.com for more insights on creating better experiences. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit CXofM.org for more resources.